the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Orlando Breakdown, picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way, let's go to work. My body's ready, my heart's on fire, I'm gonna push it. What's up, everybody? It's Dan Tom here, Protecting Neck Podcasts. You may know me from such films as, just kidding, no Troy McClure joke here, but yeah, you might see me from uh, MMA Junkie, uh, do some work on the app, Action Network, still, still getting my, my prop together for the prop squad there. This week, I'm going to give you guys what I got here for UFC Orlando this week, as everybody is already piling in. Hey, let's go Bam Bam, the Aussie one, there, Mark Fellows in the chat. That's right, that's right, yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Barbarina, but that the American Bam Bam was smart enough not to challenge to Ivasa uh, to a drinking contest because let's be honest, no one can skull it quite like um, the Aussies. Much you know, uh, uh, you know much less a, a guy like Bam Bam who you know represents the uh, the indigenous people too as well, which is which is appreciated, uh, Aboriginal. Um, but yeah, man, uh, he definitely comes from that side of the pond. And uh, we'll be talking about both. Although I will say, shouts to Barbarino. You guys know I'm a Barbarino fan. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, um, regardless of pick or, or prognostication here. But um, I did appreciate him challenging him to an eating contest because, like, you know, uh, not, not as small as I'd like to be, although I've done a lot of work in that department. Slowly creeping back up if I'm not careful during the holiday season. But as a kind of a smaller guy, right? Uh, I can eat with the big boys, man, and I'm not afraid to challenge the big boys to some eats contests. So I really appreciate that. Hopefully, you guys are, uh, you know, uh, eating well. Maybe not, you know, you know, just be grateful to have have food uh, and the company you're with. Um, that's what I mean. You know, the general wellness of that. Hopefully, this time of year, that's what it brings, regardless of what you celebrate or don't. Um, we got Rio Sos and Trisdale in the chat. Mark and Dan Ty will always be a friend of Team Magnum. Nice. I don't know if you saw, but Whaley was carrying him as part of her workout back in July. Oh, yeah, that's right. Francis was not the first heavyweight she carries. That's right. Good, great shout there. Uh, Trisdale. Rain Lamina, the Tracy Cortez of <laughs> consuming PEZ, the Angela Hill of paying the hotel bill, the Amanda Ribas of rating Khabib at just an average writer failed on the last fun. I'm just glad you didn't walk me into anything there, Rain, because, you know, hashtag Burgundy, uh, uh, Burgundy will read what is on the teleprompter. Uh, I'm going to be a little more organized. Again, I'm still not getting complaints, which I guess is a good thing, but uh, especially that I want to work more toward time champs, more toward uh, just an efficient product, especially since I've been having trouble getting you guys uh, up to my standard this year, which, you know, hadn't been, you know, great results-wise, but I appreciate you guys hanging with me anyways. doesn't mean I'm not trying to do better. Um, going to be a little more organized with the comments. I think we'll do some off the top um, if it's a big fight that I spent a lot of time on or, you know, talking about things that require, you know, engagement or feedback that I requested. Of course, I'll drop into the chat to try to see what you guys say. Um, you know, so maybe after main events as well, co-main events, uh, then, you know, I guess uh, aside from those big fights, you know, maybe I'll just wait 
uh, hold off and you know between the main card and the prelims do a little bit of a chat cleanup if it gets popular which is a good problem to have won't be able to get to everybody I am like tw literally like 20 hours away from getting the watch hours to finally monetize this not that uh, I will uh, you know um, not prioritize anybody Again, just like uh, I'm gonna keep that same energy. Just like you know, even if I did have a Patreon, I wouldn't keep my picks in place from you guys behind a paywall or anything. Um, same with the questions here. Even though the donations will be appreciated, and the way YouTube is fixed and the algorithm stuff, it it will prioritize your questions. Yes, but I'm still obviously gonna give love, especially to the usuals. Uh, so so so, don't don't worry. Once that monetization happens, it's not some something that I'm going to enforce. But it will make it a little maybe easier to parse, I guess. And then, of course, at the very end of the episode, I'm going to go through and clean up as best I can, depending how we did on time permits. So um, let me know how that sounds to you guys, and apologies in advance. If I do mess up something in the cleanup uh, there, uh, last two, because I see my man Alvin Yakatori. You know I got you know I got to uh, shout out to my guy Mike's MMA picks. I got to set the tone with some positive tone from Alvin Yakatori. But I got my man James Kendrick, Dan Tom, here because Ghost retweeted and most of us are part of his weird cult. Man, I appreciate Ghost. I gotta really uh, get with that guy. He's only like a you know, geography wise, you know, I believe he's in Arizona, so I think he's only a state lower than me. Um, you know, Ghost Phantom. If you ever uh, go to a Vegas show, hit me up, buddy. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it, I meet so many cool people through here, and uh, you, you know, I, I appreciate Ghost, especially if he is a gateway to more of you. Um, then we got. Uh, Lastly, but not leastly, here we got Alvin Yakatori, my man. Mr. Tom would like to tell the chat to encourage all fighters to do their best and come out healthy whether or not uh, they are fans of them. A small bit of encouragement can help anyone. Yeah, yeah, basically saying, yeah, regardless if you're fans of them, you know, um, you know, give them, you know, encouragement. I think that's a great, that's a great, that's a great note there, you know. Um, let them know that, you know. With technology and all these things, I was hoping, you know, these tip of fighters and these QR codes, maybe let the fighters have QR codes in their shirt and, like, do stuff like that. I'm always, uh, you know, uh, definitely support fighters in any of those ventures. But, yeah, you know, it back to things that don't cost anything, kind of my, my, my message, and, and Alvin's reiterated in a different point, we can practice it. Like, yeah, that doesn't cost much money, too, just to, like, not be a, not be a shithead, you know? Um, you know, maybe say something nice, like... Uh, and, and, you know, I, I know that, you know, you know, uh, fighters aren't the best that, you know, maybe, or, you know, and I, not fighters, it's just like human nature, right? Like we remember the negative more than we do the positive. So, but yeah, it, it probably helps even if the fighter doesn't realize it helps, even if they're still, you know, you know, uh, I know like Anik would always give Felder crap because, you know, Felder would get a bunch of positive engagement, but you never see him interact with it. You only see him interact with a negative, whether it's on Twitter or like, uh, throwing shade when he's like doing commentary. And I'm like, man, I hope Paul's seeing all the love he gets because the dude gets a lot of love, deservedly so. So, uh, you know, uh, kind of like one of those things. So, yeah, just just throw them love, man. Lord knows they get enough they get enough shit. Um, Jin Karasu, what's up, man? How's it going, buddy? Thank you, guys. Give this a like, by the way. Uh, I'm going to get this shared out, and then we will uh, continue on. Luckily, we did a big recap show, so there won't be many recaps. The Shouts and Amazon read-through list is short this week, so... Um, you know, I shouldn't be, uh, um, I shouldn't be, uh, you know, taking too much time there. But again, with the chat format and despite doing my best, we'll see where we end up today. Of course, we're going to break it down from top to bottom. 
when I say timestamps, um, I, I usually will timestamp where I uh, start the card and I go from top to bottom and I recap all my picks and plays at the end. So even though I am not like uh, a lot of the uh, up-to-date shows uh, like I should be as far as those nice little YouTube timestamps, um, most of those shows still don't really recap their picks and plays, I think. So like at least, you know, so I do have that. So I'm going to get this shared out. Appreciate you guys again. Like, and if you're listening to this in the future, future, future on a podcast form, um, Apple five-star ratings and reviews are really appreciative. That's the main place. It's on other places like Podbean. You can get smartphone-friendly players that play on your uh, iPhones and whatnot at MixedMarshallAnalyst.com, which hosts this here website. Um, But yes, I do need to get on the Spotify's and this and that. And finally, hopefully this next year, the game plan is to get this computer fixed. Um, And uh, because I'm not getting a new computer anytime soon which also means that I will expedite other projects as soon as before I'm getting this computer fixed, regardless. I'm going to try to tip it over the edge with this last show. we got the pay-per-view next week. Um, you know, I can either complain about not, uh, you know, uh, having places to commentate, sh- stream, do uh, event shows, whether it's digitally or in person. And I'm working on doing that, by the way. Um, we'll see, hopefully, on a, on a local level here. I've been in talks for that. And that, that'd be great, because... Um, like I was talking to my guy James Lynch, he's like, "What? You still haven't commentated an event? How have you not commentated?" I'm like, "I know, right? Like, you think, but um, that is like a bucket list, you know. So maybe if next year I get back in the cage, um, after get, recently getting this itch scratched and or not, it awoken, not fully scratched again, and realizing the monkey's on my back, so I got to scratch that. That would be really fucking cool, man. Get a get a get a win in the cage and call." sport something that I've wanted to do since like the early 90s and shit so it's like again I'm, I'm trying not to let I you know I apologize for the shit results this year guys I definitely have not been great there um and as you guys as you guys have seen it's you know there are a lot of bad beats in that equation sure but there's but there's bad bets too there's there's a bunch of shit right um things beyond our control life uh, so, but I, I, I'm, I'm, there's so much good things I think waiting in t- 2023 that uh, I'm gonna push through here. So, I don't know about finishing strong. This year's kind of already kind of shat enough um, that I can't finish really strong. From fun things like Tout Master to my own betting records here, so I get this shared out. But um, but yeah. Uh, just want to get through this year man it's 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 been a lot you know six month camp the whole uh, just just another year in mma and then just yeah a bunch of stuff needless to get into just the, the the hits keep coming didn't even talk about the car accident i was in last week but like yeah it's just like it it's uh yeah there, there's no there's no like I was, I was talking to a friend last week too like it's gotta I'm like that's what i've been saying that's what i've been saying uh yeah as gamblers say you know you're due we'll see i don't know uh, a lot of people deserve a lot of nice things, and that's just life, man. So, it's my, it's just, I'm not contributing anything new there, folks. So, just trying to be optimistic toward next year. We're shared out, um, and to let you know that this week and, and next week are going to be the last weeks for breakdown shows. Um, again, Rudolph, you know, uh, part of it, Rudolph's not invited to the reindeer games, and part of it, Rudolph's fucked up in the head and doesn't feel like he belongs, even when he does. And I'm trying to be better about that, folks. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really good at having like roundups and stuff. I've tried to, and bless the people, the fine people uh, who have came on in the past, and I'm sure we'll be willing to come on again. I'm just ah, I don't know. 
I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't even know what my categories are for Neckies. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be missing um, Cannoneer and Strickland, that card, the last UFC Apex card, I know. Um, I'll be back home in Hawaii. Um, you know, uh, I'm going to be, be back home in Hawaii for the first time in over 11 years where it's not for a funeral or for work. That's right, for over a decade, I have not been back home unless it's for a funeral and or work. So that that's fun. That's fun. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's that. I guess I deserve that, and I'm going to get that at least. But yeah, 2023 and the rest of this year, let's, I'm going to do my best for you guys. So uh, without further ado, people are piled in. Uh, let's get to it. Quick shouts to, uh, you know, not official show sponsors, but I would give these guys a shout regardless because he's just a good dude, uh, good product, and that is my guy D-Love. D-Love's underscore turmeric, as it's spelled underscore tonic, on Instagram, go ahead and give them a follow. I know I've been trying to highlight things anyways, like my you know, certain coaches and certain accounts that I want you guys to follow and go give love to. Speaking of my guy, Alvin Yakatori, why not spread some positive stuff? They don't cost nothing. Uh, but if you do want to spend something that does cost a little something, not a lot, but well worth it, I assure you, um, it's my guys, uh, D-Love Turmeric Tonic. In fact, if you go to the theturmerictonic.com, use the code PROTECT15, you get 15% off your first order. So, again, uh, just a little health and wellness, and you save even more money off it. And, you know, it's uh, it's good stuff. In fact, I, I'm bummed. I, I've got my last uh, bottle over here. i got to order some more, uh, and I was going to grab it. But I'm such a prepared podcast host, so you know that. And, again, MixedMarshallAnalyst.com supports this here program that will remain uh, – Free, but there is a PayPal link on that as well as at Dan Tom MMA, uh, Dan underscore Tom underscore MMA. If you want to find me on Instagram, which I usually don't plug, but trying to expand there. I know we had the recent Twitter scare that I didn't really, you know, buy into despite my loathing for apartheid loving folk. Um, I, I didn't really get into that hubbub. Um, I haven't really noticed a difference to be honest, but you never know. And, uh, you know, I got more active on the Instagram, uh, anyways, when I was going through my fight camp, so. You guys want to follow there, but uh, in the link trees on both, mainly at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter, where I'm most active at the PYM podcast on all social platforms. Don't pollute your feed. You can also follow there. But yes, my link tree has the uh, official PayPal link secure, as well as the website mixedmarshallanalyst.com that sports this year's show. You just go to the right toggle, scroll down. It should be right there, and right below that. Speaking of companies that aren't great, or you know, I have you know maybe not the greatest owners or whatever. Uh, you know, especially we have the Amazon and oh yeah, yeah, on it there too. Um, but hey, I, I shop there too. I, I use the proteins uh, and certain things that uh, I, I honestly I honestly like better than others. Um, Amazon, uh, it's a necessary evil. I hate to say that because it's not necessary. You know, there there are ways around it. But I'd be a hypocrite and I'd be a liar if I said I did not use it. Um, so I do use it, um, you know, uh, by the way, tip your, uh, tip your delivery workers if you're using any of their, any of their special services that have gone to a rise in the uh, pandemic to help folks out. Uh, but yes, if you want to spend no extra costs and support this year's show, you just click through on it or Amazon banners. You go about your normal shopping and a small percentage of your purchase uh, just gets kicked back to this year program, which really does help. Um, keep this keep this uh, boat alive. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna do do my best to stay afloat, keep pushing forward. But I appreciate you guys clicking through. When you click through uh, on it, to be honest, it it, it actually pays me uh, pays me more, and I've gotten more from that link than the Amazon, which doesn't sound like it should be true, and nor, nor should it be when you see uh, uh, the difference uh, the difference in actual clicks. 
but um, Amazon is kind of just sketchy with how they do things and I got to follow up on that but it still does help and when you buy through Amazon it'll give me a list of what you guys bought it won't tell me uh, who who bought it you know if uh, if you um, so in other words if you uh, you know you want to have your David Carradine take a shot uh, repeating this joke David Carradine one night in Bangkok you don't want anybody to know about it you want to buy the karate gi the rope the, the vibrating nunchucks whatever you want to do just have at it there's no it's a judgment free zone here folks we went over this last podcast no hate here I will pontificate I, I will make fun but no hate no hate no hate it's all it's all in good love and nature here folks so uh, but yeah whatever you want to buy uh, a small percentage will be kicked back uh, somebody bought a Nutricost KSM 66 Ashwanga Root Extract ooh that sounds tasty gel caps Ashwanga root sounds like you're taking uh, you're, you're getting into the, uh, the the realm that uh you know I exist in too with my weird mushroom coffees and stuff and um, that I drink uh, and I actually order those through Amazon believe it or not so yeah I appreciate you ordering your stuff there um, what do we got here we got a Isitos is that how you say the brand electric mug 12 O's yeah, uh, wow. Okay, nice. I got I I got mine here. Mine's a a different brand, some Chinese brand with the handle broken off because I dropped it. Still works. Hopefully, let me know how that works. Whoever bought that, seriously, because I gotta probably get a new one here soon. Someone bought uh, Witten Men's Extra Wide. Uh, fit fashion barefoot sneakers with arc support. All right, I feel you on the arc support there. I feel you. Uh, okay, you I mean, know, yeah, that, that that was a decent purchase there. I appreciate you thinking of me and going through the uh, click through. That's very very much appreciative. Thank you for whoever that was. Again, holiday shopping. A lot of things are for sale right now. So um, if you want to think of think think of me, maybe not think of me. Don't think of me too much, especially not between the hours of three and four. Lots of Willie's time. Uh, you think of this program though you can click through the link I uh, appreciate that and lastly but not least someone went on an anime uh, spin here it looks like uh, they went with um, wow this thing was like marked down 61% off it looks like uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai uh, we also got Berserk I'm not familiar with that one apologies folks I know I'm if you want to stereotype you're like Dan you should know about it like no I, I'm I, I I watched Dragon Ball Z, but like, I watched like I watched like everything from like Piccolo kidnapping and potentially molesting Gohan. I don't know what was edited out from the Japanese versions to our American versions. Mm, Gohan, ah. and he would just do those weird like grunts. Yeah, the voiceover made it extra creepy. To probably about the Frieza era. Jesus damn, why do you have to sully every childhood thing that you fucking come across? I'm sorry, folks. Uh, but yeah, that's about the extent of my anime. What kind of anime knowledge was that? That sounds wrong. Uh, Akira. I am familiar with Akira. Holy shit, that's like 60 cents percent off right now. And that's not a cheap... None of those were cheap purchases, to be honest. Um, some of these were sets of sorts. So thank you for whoever was indulging their animes. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just calling out my own my own ignorance of it. So, uh, so yeah. <coughs> but uh, much appreciated. So that uh, that's it for the Amazon Reads. And uh, let's get to um, let's get to this here. 18 or under 20 minutes. Let me just get a couple more on the chat, and then we'll get here to the uh, to the podcast. Let's see. Jumbo saying hello. My friends asked me 
who are some good podcasts to listen to. I always say WMMA Mania, Drake Riggs, shouts to Drake, uh, and PYN, and Jack Slack, uh, if they like sarcasm, that's nice. I, I appreciate some Jack Slack. Uh, I'm, at, I'm not subscribed, but I've listened to uh, some of his specialty shows and stuff before, and enough to know Jack does great work. Um, shouts to him. Saludos, Jesus. Hey, saludos, Jesus. Jimmy Kudo. Uh, I will get to more specialized uh, technique talk uh, toward the end. I don't want to get too distracted here. I do want to get my guy Ghost Phantom, though, who you're mentioning. Um, Jimmy Kudo. I know I see that technique question. I'll, I'll try to get that to, to the end. But speaking of Ghost Phantom, hey, Dan, what's good? Good to hang with you and pick your brain about technical stuff. Always good to hang with you and appreciate these shares, Ghost Phantom. And if you guys want to help give shares, I know I'm not the best at getting these out ahead of time. So that's... I saw me. I saw me. I saw me. But if you want to share, I appreciate it. Of course. I'm a Kotu Goku. Dan is the man and a friend of Team Magnum. Uh, indeed, indeed. I, I, I rue the day. Uh, my unbiasedness forces me to ever pick against a, a talent like that. You know, but... um. But yeah, I appreciate the love from Team Magnum, and you guys know that. Uh, you know, you guys know I got love for y'all too. And, and um, all right, I'm actually oh, Ghost Phantom here says I'm actually from Cali, just like to go to fight ready in AZ because I like to learn their system. All righty, well, we are still neighbors there in that sense, and I just got a, I got some new people here, so I want to give them love, make sure. Hey, what's up, Dan? That's from Samuel Negrete, who's actually been here before. I remember you, Samuel. What's up? And Sammy Arnett, I was going to bring up something negative for you, but because of Alvin, I wish all the fighters well, and hopefully your picks and plays hit. Thank you. Wow. Well, I'm glad I popped you up on the screen before, you know, seeing anything negative. So thankfully there was no, you know, um, Kanye West messaging up there. <laughs> Not that you were going to go in that direction. I'm just saying uh, I just saw a new name in there. So I wanted to give love and look at you giving love in return, Sammy Arnett. Uh good on you good person good human being all right let's get to it we're about 21 minutes in now so let's go from top to bottom we're going to be covering ufc orlando of course i got my in-depth breakdown uh up at mmajunkie.com uh with the video written and all the like uh for thompson versus holland it's funny i got that out a day early but i still didn't end up like writing it until yesterday like there was still ended up being like a day gap between when i recorded the video and um wrote it it's just been just been chaotic chaotic um so uh yeah yeah so apologies folks just yeah everything everything going on everything all at once as usual with me we'll just leave it at that um but yeah uh this fight i, I actually I, I went into um the top two fights i did deep dives and um i only did surface level dives but have some interesting stats as you may have seen on uh, twitter did a southpaw thread for the relevant fighters in the card, uh, I did not, you know, uh, revisit to see who is a southpaw on the bottom three, possibly four fights, though I don't think uh, Cortez or Hibosh, um is. We will get to those. So, yeah, there will, those, as per usual on the show, sadly, as you know, unless I've got a bet or a certain target, um, I go light on the analysis on those shows because I have to write up. Uh, the main card, and I have to do, again, in-depths and have them in by a certain time. I can't just, you know, post the bet on Twitter and pontificate or, uh, you know, do a surface level and record a pod. I, I, I actually got to do all this stuff plus the OCD part of it. It's it's, it's not a fun process. I, I constantly try to whittle down and expedite, but 
not very good, apparently. But yes, we got Kevin Holland, minus 170. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, plus 145. Man, I know what you guys are thinking. This should be classic Darren Tom spot, packing the vet, back of the karate guy. Um, you've been saying Holland, you know, uh, there's going to be a point to fade him because he's getting these crazy inflated odds. We're waiting for the right styles matchup. That all is true, but I was thinking more like of a wrestler at 170 because it's wrestle weight, and he's obviously a trouble with wrestlers at middleweight. Um, so that's kind of more what I was waiting for, as well as a bigger number than like minus 170, which means I don't want to say we're only getting because, you know, this fight was opened as a, as a pick'em, which I could see why. Uh, totally, it just has a weird fight written all over it. So I don't want to say only plus 145 plus money is plus money, right? Um, but yeah, I I wanted something more juicier to uh, to fade the Holland train, and you know, and I like Holland uh, too. Just because I like Thompson a lot doesn't mean I don't like Holland. I really like uh, Kevin Holland, the Smack Man, the Smack Man. Want to get smacked by the Smack Man? And uh, I love that he's he's reminding people because something that I I only you know usually remind people, especially when I put my breakdowns. Um, that he's got a black belt second degree in Kung Fu. Not really black belts in Kung Fu, I guess. Um, but you know how it is. Martial arts get belt ranks because of that's the business Americanized uh, kind of uh, tradition. And in the defense of that business and, and hierarchy schemes, if you will, it really does give people things to work for and finds a place in their community. If it's a competitive martial art, which Kung Fu, it's not really. I mean, you're more on the Wushu side. Uh, and I don't know how... How much of that there was in America is really tough to find, which is like some people like me had to do like, uh, you know, like Chinese-based Kempo, or sh you know, sh Shaolin-based Kempo, which was like, you know, get the Japanese influence where we're wearing the geese again. I don't know what, I don't know what Holland's is, in other words. I can only speak to mine, but when you intermix with traditional martial arts and uh, that brief jumbled, as it may have sound, uh, sample that I just shared with you, um, as you can see, traditional stylings can kind of cross over. You know, you can see where certain things. Taekwondo is different than karate, and, and all are different from kung fu. You know, um, you get more hands and feet balance as you go from taekwondo to karate over to kung fu. You also should get more fluidity over rigidity, perhaps less powerful-looking shots too, as well. Um, but there's also crossovers there, and uh, it was just funny that Holland kind of spoke to that. It's like. Not going to get dazzled by that. And maybe he still will be, right? Because I think that, even though I'm picking Holland, I think Stephen Thompson's going to be schooling him and making Holland backers sweat with their tickets. Um, you know, but um, these guys, back to the similarities, they have similar strengths and similar weaknesses, something I talked about in my breakdown video. Um, similar strengths as far as the intercepting punch, and I don't want to sound like woo-woo and oh, woo-woo-woo. But like yes, it's it's uh you know it's a not just counter punching, not just particularly crashing counters, well timed, well placed, pinpoint accurate shots. This is a real intercepting nature to Stephen Thompson's shots, right? The intercepting punch, if you will. Um, just, and that's the one of the things what that you do get with karate and sport karate, um, more so with others. Traditional martial arts lack sparring. Sport karate lacks hard sparring, right? It has its own sparring limitations, but at least it has sparring. And what you get, even first criticizes the versions of Stephen Thompson's um, sport karate to the versions of kickboxing. I think he did the Chuck Liddell version thing and, and whatnot. And, not Chuck Liddell, Chuck Norris, sorry. Uh, and I'm not too familiar. Um, it's funny, I don't want to say it's as 
not as high level as Glory because I saw some like clip of Joe Rogan and O'Malley flying around and like they were kind of overblown because Gl- Glory is weird it makes it makes bag like you'll get Artem Levins and shit right you'll get you know guys who just really are 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 pretty good and then really face other really good guys in there and become better like Alex Pereira right but then you also have like and I'm not shitting on the guy but it's just one of those things you bring like Carl Roberson right who like I think it was like what is he like one and two oh and three or something like oh but it's First fight was against Jerome LeBanner. It was like, well, it was old Jerome LeBanner. And even if it was old Jerome LeBanner, like, Carl Robinson shouldn't have been in that fight, you know? And it, so, in other words, it was for one reason or another. I don't know it. I'm not trying to pick on Carl, but I'm just throwing him as an example. Um, you also get randoms getting mixed in there with, uh, you know, high-level guys. Sometimes those random guys can win. And that can almost send their career even worse because now they're just going to be keeping, you know, fucking out of their food chain, fucking out of their weight class, right, so to speak. Um, and uh, that can be bad for them in the long term, kind of like guys who get to the UFC too early. So don't get too hung up um, on these kickboxing thing, folks. I think the safe assumption is just to be a negative Nancy on it and just not get too high on anybody's kickboxing accolades. Uh, I don't know if it's my guy Zane Simon. He says alphabet soup kickboxing accolades because it's just all letters and shit. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I got I obviously got love for the Kempo Karate base that I share with Stephen Thompson. And back to my original point is what you get even from those limited, whatever you can critique of the forms that he comes from, is you get a great sense of range management because you just get the repetitions of attacks, punches, and kicks, varieties of punches and kicks. These are very varied martial arts. Even the more rigid Taekwondo that's limited to kicks, you're getting up kicks, spin kicks, axe kicks. You're getting you know, maybe not the greatest punching techniques and combinations, but you're getting punches and punches and combinations that you do have to be worried about um, as well. Uh, and at least, you know, at least two targets of body and head, even if, you know, uh, legs are not allowed, whether, you know, Taekwondo, depending on the rules. Um, what was it? Was it the PK uh, PKG kickboxing from the 90s, I want to say, where they didn't allow you to attack the legs? I think that's like where Stephen Thompson and, and Ray Thompson kind of came from that kind of era of things. But you just get that that rate. You, you you get all those different varieties. And you also get, you know, a lot of it have that lancing movement, that linear movement. So whether you're doing it or having opponents do it to you, um, it really just sharpens up your, your, your range awareness. Uh, doesn't mean you're impervious. Of course not, no. And, and as you play this speed game, as time gets on, Stephen Thompson gets hit more and... You know, uh, seems to get hit harder. And when he did get hit, he already kind of got hit hard because he would have his hands down and be kind of moving in or out anyways, right? So, uh, so yeah, there is that. Um, and when he does get hit hard, aside from the fifth-round knockdown that he sustained against Darren, Darren Fochentil, um, who, of course, is a southpaw, who just, like, religiously throws from his left side, uh, everything was counter-right hands, right? Everything was counter-right hands that stunned him. Uh, even in the Roy McDonald fight, which was a really good fight for him, um, there was a really good, you know, one of Roy's best shots was not his jab. It's actually his counter right hand. Uh, and what is Kevin Holland's modus operandi? What is his primary, his weapon of choice? It's that opportunistic right hand, whether it's coming forward and just, you know, again, just inexplicably just, you know, whether he's coming forward or he can counter with it, he can come forward with it, he's accurate with it. But again, the, the, the descriptor that seems to work best is intercepting. He's very intercepting with that punch. Um, and his speed, his defense, his output, and his process 
has all improved since dropping the welterweight. The speed is the thing that impresses me most because you never know how that's going to be. Is he going to, you know, he in theory you could say he should look faster at middleweight because he's going against much slower and much bigger opposition. Now he's going against much faster opposition. But you know, Kevin Holland's his own admission is a lazy guy. You know, he doesn't like training for the five round fights. He admits that he has issues with his pacing in five round fights and gas tank. Um, likes the fighting more than the training. You know, classic. Cl- classic things of a fighter but he's a fighter baby and people who do have those problems at least in their prime maybe when they get older like BJ and Rampage not so much but while they are young Holland only 30 years old um, they can get in there and produce wins even under under not the best of circumstances and at this point of their career I just think that Holland can afford to make more, more mistakes and I don't think there's anything crazy from that um, his style is frustrating as it can be for his fans uh, as that can be it, it almost caters to making mistakes and being able to come back from those It's not his style is not reliant on winning rounds or even the majority of exchanges and his resilience, his durability his wacky intuitable flames uh, infl- inflatable arms Gumby like as it is um, it's there he's, hard, he's a hard guy to get out of there you know uh, I know he he got out of there by Brandon Allen, you know, wrestled him out of there quickly. Stephen Thompson's not going to do that. Kevin Holland took that fight on short notice, coming back from a soldier injury. But you never know what he's taking this fight under, you know, because it just sounds like he wants to. uh... And that's the thing. I was talking to somebody, I think it was the MMA analysis guys. Um, Go ahead and throw a dart at the topic because this is kind of applicable everywhere. and, And this should be a hot topic with all the gambling talk right now, right, folks? But. You know, with the Derek Minner situation, right? It's um that the circumstances that these fighters are going through, it's so hard. Like, for those of us know, in the know, none of this is, is a surprise. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to predict how much reach or overreach these bodies are going to do because that's kind of their game. Whether they have good reason or not, they just love to fucking overreach. But this was a problem um, that was probably going to be run into and needed probably to be addressed or was going to be addressed one way or another you know if you look at other sports and, uh, and whatnot especially too um, you know and just kind of how lays affair you see fighters just tweeting their bets like even after this stuff was going down you're like come on guys let's not make it that obvious you know a bunch of fighters and I know obviously James Krause the focus is on him but like you know there's a lot of coaches and stuff that do like betting podcasts for example it's like whoa What's going to happen there? It's a, it's a real interesting time. But something I was talking about in reference to, like, the circumstances, like, and maybe it was the Derek Miner situation, but, like, not just fighter pay, folks, but, like, you also look at it like uh, we're coming around to holiday times and so many fighters want to get in a, a fight before Thanksgiving. Uh, and not just before Thanksgiving Americans, right, but before Christmas is, a main, is the main one, right? Um, which is, is as it should be, again, like I, I said last week, don't make me repeat, you know, Shit and and Garrity took a jab at Elon. I'm probably gonna have a bunch of messages for that. Um, we have a billionaire, uh, but like you know, I'm not a big Thanksgiving fan. Again, bad American here, folks. Not great. Um, not great at things. You, again, you stereotype me for right. Not great. I am not great. Um, but like, so I, I get that. But like, a lot of people don't want to miss Christmas. That's a more global uh, represented holiday, right? Uh, than American Thanksgiving, right? Obviously, it should be. I guess. Not that I'm a big stand of holidays I'm just saying uh, it is what it is so a lot of people are trying to get that in so they can relax mentally 
it's been a long year, not just for me or you folks, it's been a long year for everybody, you know, for a lot of people out there. They're looking to just relax and decompress. Um, but there's also bills that need to get paid. A lot of us are, are in debts of sorts. So, you know, you've got, if you do celebrate these holidays, presents cost money, right? And these things. So you want to get those things in. And so essentially right now, you've got a lot of people who need money are going to be taking fights, not in the best shape, not with the best attitudes, which we'll get to perhaps with a heavyweight fight, which of course you can guess what part of the card it's on because it's a fight night. It's not the apex, but you know, it's still a fight night. They're keeping that same energy. These 185 openers and heavyweight fill anyways. Um, not that it's a bad heavyweight fight. And I actually like both guys. But we'll get there. We'll get there. There's a lot of people that, you know, you don't know what you're betting on. Or, again, interviews can only be interviews. But right now, with this being noted, folks, if I'm getting that, we're just, I'm just showing up to get paid here. It's not making me want to put money behind you. I, I might not even want to pick you, right? So this is something we need to keep in mind. Not just the, ooh, conspiracy theory Ooh, is he going to throw the fight? Is he injured? Because that's crazy enough as it is. We see guys going into fights injured and still winning, betting on themselves, right? Um, as much as we want to conspire and do conspiracy theory talk and go, how many guys are betting against themselves? Uh, guys are more dangerously to, to both them and our bets are betting on themselves going into these fights injured too, folks. So you just don't know. People need the money right now, man. It is a really desperate time. So... This is something that we should keep our our eye on just for general observation to particularly if you're a part of the betting group who's joined me here, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a degenerate or sharp better, however you want to look upon yourself. Well, everybody should be extra. We, we want to get it in. We want to make a comeback. We're in our fantasy pools, right? We want to play from behind. Maybe this is where we're being like um, not as conservative. Maybe we're doing well from the year. So we're like even more so, right? So whether you're doing well, you're behind. This is the least time of year you're going to be playing conservative as a better. But what I'm saying is maybe we should be the opposite here, folks. Maybe this should be the time we actually should be most conservative, especially when we're betting this sport. You know? And if you want to take a fight to get some extra Christmas money, well, there is a relentless schedule in place that puts on fights nonstop called the UFC and its apex for the for its ESPN home. So you can't put put it back in the box at this point. The contracts have been done. They got to answer the call. These fighters need money at the end of the day. So you got to keep that in mind, folks. There ain't no sure shots here. Um, but I'm going to be taking Kevin Holland probably around round two or three to find an opportunistic right hand after Stephen Thompson makes Kevin Holland back or sweat. I'm not betting this fight. If I did bet it, I feel like it's dog or pass. I'm rooting for you Thompson betters, Thompson by decision. Um, I think those are great. Uh, the over, even like you just want to bet the over, like just to snipe, you know. We just get we probably just get a weird fight that goes to the decision. To be honest, with their playfulness and propensity to counter, like I would do that. But since I'm technically picking Kevin Holland and Kevin Holland in rounds two and three, which is probably the most likely if he is going to get a finish, it's going to be obviously in the first half of the fight more than it is the second half. Well, that would be inaccurate, hypocritical, and irresponsible for me to seriously suggest that or or play that. I guess so. Um, I probably won't because I just don't. This is not a fight I'm rushing to bet. I'm just. Those are what catches my eye as a better. I'm rooting for you if that's what you're on. Not that I'm rooting against you if you're not on it. You know, I'm picking Colin to win inside the distance here. But yeah, man, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right. Uh, I'm going to look at a little bit. Uh, since I talked a lot about that fight. Um, hey, Chronic Combat Conversations. Yes, yes. PYN time. 
Uh, I, I can't wait till it's chronic combat conversations time because that means uh, I'm a little less stressed because my work is usually done at that point, and uh, I get to listen to my guys uh, TB who's in the chat. How do we have 18 people and only eight likes? Run it up, people. Yep, get the like count up, please. Hit the likes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. What is? I got. I got to answer a liver question, especially from a new, uh, unfamiliar name. Spart Helder. What is better, a liver kick or a toe kick to the perennial nerve? Toe kick or a toe to the perennial nerve? Toe specifically, huh? Um, I will say liver kick over anything. Um, doesn't matter if you're going, you know, doesn't matter what you're hitting the perennial nerve with, and if it's a successful direct hit, like your Luke Skywalker in A New Hope, um, that that reference is not like lost now, right? Because now they're doing Star Wars stuff. I still got to watch Andor. I didn't finish Mandalorian because I just got too pissed at it. You know, I was again contrarian. Dan hated Baby Yoda and I, that damn Gina Carana episode. Uh, I, I feel like I guessed like every point. You know, up until Yoda slipping the coffee, I was like, yeah, I can't watch this shit. Um, I know everyone's gonna hate me for that. Crucify me. I will give Andor a shot. Anyways, even if you do the direct, you know, hit like Luke Skywalker in A New Hope to that perennial nerve. Um, it's the liver kick. Shout out to my my past. Wow, man. Started this year losing another coach, Tim Lane, kickboxing coach. Shout out to my past. Rest in peace, Coach Tim Lane, kickboxing coach, used to do these kind of, not really a trick question, but yeah, kind of trick question setup, if you will. If you were allowed one kick to take down the strongest opponent, where do you hit them? You, you, you got to make sure they go. People be like, Edson Barbosa wheel kick. Crazy contrarian axe kick. Some people will be thinking, they'd be like, toe to the uh, solar plexus to knock the wind out of them. Okay, right. muscles can still kind of get there, even with a muscular person, all right. Uh, balls, kick them in the balls. Interesting choice, great choice, great, great to think out of the box. The answer is the liver kick. The liver kick shuts everything down. It's miserable. It's miserable. You go to the body. People with the toughest chins will get to Brian Barberina coming up. My guy, Bam Bam. People with the toughest chins, you go to the body. It's you know they're surprisingly soft to the body. Uh, whether they look hard or they look soft, right? It doesn't matter. The body, it's it's so brutal. It's so brutal. And you know, I'm a, I'm a body fan, and it's for a reason. Any questions on the Thompson uh, main event before I push on to the, that co-main event? Um, oh, I see someone talking about the Southpaw podcast, Jimmy Kudo. Dan, are you a fan of the Southpaw podcast? Yes, because you're an actual Southpaw or because they do a good job of calling out the nonsense on MMA. Um, more so the latter because they do a good job of calling out the nonsense in MMA. Southpaw podcast is what Kareem Zidane is to MMA journalists. Like, you know, there's not much people who, you know, um, call call out things uh, and and especially shots to Kareem because like, you know, that's actually the role of journalists supposed to do. If you if you like what a journalist is writing or people that you are reporting on like what you're saying, you're probably not doing a great job there's a better saying than that that's in the industry from actual journalists not me not me folks um but yeah man um so you want to give credit to the real one southpaw podcast sam yang uh real one um i I love even like their star trek series is cool uh i dig that um they had like an italian cooking episode they have like cooking episodes that like italian chef on that filipino chef Uh, it was fantastic um so it's like they'll have some real good out of the box stuff too um but yeah, man, credit to them. I mean, you don't have to, uh, like I said, you don't have to agree with everybody, but it's important to keep a wide lens out there. And uh, it's important that the smaller voices, the minority voices, um, get love and shine too as well. So um, great shout for the Southpaw Podcast. 
Uh, I'm not seeing anything too much on that, so I'm going to push on to the uh, co-main event here. Apologies, folks. Trying to stay on task here. Stay on target. Stay on target. Speaking of uh, Star Wars references, Rafael Dos Anjos, minus 560. Brian Barbarina, plus 430. What is this? Yeah, open mi minus 325. I, I get it. Like I probably would have opened RDA minus 250, and I still wouldn't have expected him to get quite this high. Maybe I... You know, I, I would expect him to get to four to one region, not over five to one. Um, and I went, I went digging, man. I wanted to find a reason to pick Barbarina as a as an underdog. Uh, you know, my my record with him um, ain't terrible. Uh, you know, there I, I picked him, uh, Warley Alves. Uh, I picked him in round two last time, specifically because of the elbows against Lawler. Of course, I was one of the only people to pick him against Sage Northcutt, which sounds crazy at the time. So Barbarina's been good to me as an underdog, folks. Believe you me. Um, but uh, the stats are interesting. Rafael Dos Anjos did get two takedowns on Fazeev, um, which brought his record from 14-3 and to 14-4 and when Rafael Dos Anjos secures with a minimum of just one successful takedown. Brian Barberina can be taken down, so I get why people are thinking of that. And I'm not saying that it won't be part of the game plan and we won't see mat time. I believe we will, folks. But Brian Barberina, like many people from the MMA lab, have his great get-up game. And you can wear yourself out grappling too much. RDA in his first fight back uh, up at welterweight. So that we could see this back up depending on how the weight management... Again, not the biggest guy. Barbarina uh, used to fight at lightweight, although Safatine didn't. Tarek Safatine was not the biggest welterweight, and RDA in a three-round fight, you know, putting his pace on was kind of tiring a bit toward the end, where Brian Barbarina can be strong in those third rounds, or that is his round he gives it that first, right? Um, a lot of the times. Uh, so, you know, there are things to watch out for there. But, yeah, you know, 14-4, and four, again, gen he's probably going to get a takedown here, so you've got the odds there in your favor. As far as southpaw stats go, again, these are the kind of stats I like, folks. I think these are more tangible stats. They're more unique, yes, and cool, I guess, but I think they are more applicable, though no stats tell the story, even my own unique and cool hipster southpaw stats, and I'm the first to admit that. Rafael Dos Anjos officially 5-4 and four against UFC-level southpaws. As I tweeted, though, you can argue it could be 4-5, and five, but looking back at his fight with Dunham, not discounting the arguments in his fights with, you know, Colby um, and others. You know, he really does a lot of quiet work in the clinch, which is going to be interesting because I, even though Dos Anjos does a lot of good work in the clinch uh, that he hasn't gotten credit for in fights like against Colby Covington and others, um, he doesn't want to get stuck in the clinch with Barbarina because, again, even Matt Brown, legendary uh, in the clinch, knockout leader at welterweight, actual welterweight, good with elbows. Um, Again, just because you have certain offense doesn't mean you have the defense for it, right? Um, you know, Holland, Kevin Holland, I, I forgot to mention since working with Bob Perez, doing much more feinting and leg kicks, which is going to be huge against Thompson. And he'll attack thighs and calves, and that's good. And then, you know, it's another good weapon. Uh, another slight decimal, slight point, if you will, why I'm leaning toward Holland. But Holland, not that it's going to matter too much because Thompson doesn't uh, use traditional um, calf or... Uh, tie kicks, tie style leg kicks much at all. Um, but Holland's defense not great, but he's learning the offense, right? Uh, Barbarina, offense, he'll attack the hell out of legs. But, you know, when traffic comes back to the legs or body, he's very hittable in those in those ranges. And uh, that's where I kind of see Dos Anjos um, kind of shining here, especially to the body. He still goes a decent clip to the body. You know, some fights he'll be a little lighter on the legs than others. Um, although I think 
you know, someone trying to actively kick his legs, like Barbarina will, because Barbarina's had a penchant for going after legs, even in open stance uh, matchups lately. I think that's going to wake up Dos Anjos, and you remember um, Dos Anjos uh, against Leon, uh, Leon Edwards in that fight with the, uh, with the leg kicks. Again, you know, he did much better than giving credit for in that fight. That was another fight against, and again, like Covington, another southpaw, right, where he arguably did better than giving credit for. So I know I'm a Dunham guy who used to be a coach of mine at Extreme Couture, so of course I got to mention that little jab going the other way, but that doesn't mean there are other things that could go his way too. Um, in those unofficial arguments, right? And how you apply those in the actual forecasting for this fight. Well, again, I think the leg traffic and the body traffic are going to be big. Um, Dos Anjos, not a big one-punch knockout guy, although he did one-punch knockout a southpaw uh, who Brian Barbarina was in the corner of, a teammate of his. Could we get payback? Revenge! Which uh, we'll revisit on the Angela Hill fight as well there. But, like, uh, yeah, that was Benson Henderson, of course, I'm referring to. That was back in, what, 2013, a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a, a heavy shot, rear shot knockout there. Um, so, you know, not that he couldn't. Barbarina has been hurt. But, again, um, those stoppage losses, uh, what was it? Uh, just a barn burner against Vicente Luque, of all people. And then after that, Barbarina is going, you know, after slash before that, we've got about, what, two back surgeries and then a laparectotomy where he almost died, right, between 2019 and 2020. Subsequently, Brian Barbarina just looks looks bad physically from the scales to in the cage, um, getting hurt by guys like Jason Witt. No offense to Jason Witt. You know, I know he's got a bad chin. doesn't mean the guy doesn't hit with power. He's built like a gorilla. I'm not trying to take away anything from him. But these are kind of things that, you know, people use to try to take away from Barbarina. So I just want to mention that, that he was going through a lot of health problems in those. So... Um, Barbarina, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, nothing to lose, man. Fighting fighting at his tip top. And I think if Dos Anjos messes up his pacing and puts the pack down at the wrong time, especially toward the middle, toward the later end of the fight, um, and Barbarina is able to maybe cut him and kind of, you know, really stifle things up with an elbow in the clinch and really start piling on in the clinch, we could see a quick turn. That being said, is it enough for me to pick, much less play Barbarina? Of course not. Um, my initial instinct was pick Dos Anjos, and this is probably just going to be a fun fight that plays out obviously closer than the line is set, but it's a, it, it should be a, a fun, a competitive, but clear win on the scorecards for Dos Anjos. Uh, that's what the odds are pointing to. But, man, I don't know. I wonder what the fight is like, you know, if you've got any lines and, and, and condolences to folks in New Jersey and, and Ontario region and Canada going through that bullshit right now. Apologies, folks. So. I know the I don't get access to places like FanDuel and stuff either, but I know those FanDuels and DraftKings they have what like fight ends in KO or whatever these like weird props are or whatever and like I wonder what that would be fight ends in knockout because Barbarina has to have like a second or third round pile up comeback, you know elbows cut stoppage those are his winning um, conditions for this fight. Um, not that he can't win a decision. And obviously, Dos Anjos can and is favored more often to win a decision than not in this fight. But um, again, piling it on, uh, Barbarino, we got the crowd going. Um, and uh, just that, I, I, I think he's going to hurt him to the body. I know Brian Barbarino turns things around in round two. He got it done in round two last time I picked him and bet him to get it done in round two last time. But you know what? Uh... I think Dos Anjos gets it done in round two. I think Dos Anjos gets it done by TKO. It opened at plus 700. Not alone because it's floating between minus four to 500 now. 
um, which puts it in prop squad range, but I haven't played it because it's not exactly confident, but I'm not confident on a lot on this card. By surface value, and even by the time I finish digging, um, don't feel bad for what I left off uh, on the rest of this card, folks, um, on the matchups I went light on. But, like, I don't know how much you're going to be really missing in this breakdown anyways because I don't know how much I'm going to be posting fight day. I'll be surprised if I get my traditional round robin up. Um, you know, uh, if I find stuff confident enough there, it's it's tough. Like, part of me is looking at a three-leg parlay, which is really bad if I'm considering that because, you know, I'm an anti-parlay guy. Um, especially they've not been good to me this year. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to go Dos Anjos round two, body shot KO. And if I do play it, it'll probably only be like a half unit or something at like at least plus 400 um, is what I would want there. Uh, and then I would probably put that in the round robin. That would, that, that would, that would be a round robin play for sure, especially because there's not a lot coming to mind. Next fight, we got uh, Mateusz Nicolaou, minus 365. Uh, he opened in the minus 200 region. Matt Schnell, plus 300, come back on him. Fight will play out closer than the odds predict. Not a crazy thing to say there. I know the initial instinct is Schnell could be a live dog. Perhaps he could be. Uh, I'm going to refresh myself on some of their matchups, folks. But um, I'm leaning toward Nicolaou here. Um, Schnell actually has more boxing experience than Nicolaou. Nicolaou, I think, only had three three amateur boxing fights went 3-0 and uh, whereas Schnell I believe at least has some golden gloves for whatever those are worth titles and stuff and amateur experience in that realm um, he's got a good long jab likes to play on the outside uh, and uh, maybe we do see these guys box because uh, I don't think unless Nicolau wants to maybe try to secure some rounds or put stamps on things or he thinks he's got Schnell hurt maybe he takes him down but knowing that he's got that you know, upset most from the triangle. Maybe Nicolau doesn't. Nicolau, of course, a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Some grappling accolades himself. Trains at Nova and Yao. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think he'll be too scared and too prone to Chanel. But we've seen Chanel upset from there before. Um, Chanel can have a dogfight. And as much as it seems like, and he's not built to win those things, he's been coming out on top. This could be a fight if he's able to get a dogfight out of Nicolau. Actually, this is one where I could see Chanel maybe succeeding. But, A, the fact that he's succeeded and escaping death, especially the last time out. You know, can you really count on him to do it again here? Uh, a, you know, I know we always, you know, you, you can get in trouble trying to bet on Nat Chanel's chin because he's, uh, you know, you probably lost money more on that more often than not recently, right? And Nicolau doesn't throw himself out of position much. So I don't know if we're, he's really going to oblige Schnell um, on the kind of fight that he wants, unless it's a conservative fight that makes things closer. That scares me off. Again, I'll go back and research this fight. If something is changed, I'll certainly let you know about it on my Quick Picks and Prognostications article, because thankfully the UFC matchmakers are at least putting a fl at least putting what a fight under 170 under the on the main card. God forbid, you know. Their logic. Anyways, at least they're giving Flyweight some love on a main card. I mean, that is rare. I guess we should pat the fucking matchmakers on their head for that. But yeah, um, there's a lot of visual stuff you guys are missing if you're not watching the YouTube, by the way. Thanks for those helping the watch hours. But yeah, that's my take on this one. Uh, we got Sergey Pavlovich, minus 225, comeback on uh, Taitu Ivasa. Plus 185. This open is a pick'em, which I get. Money coming on Pavlovich, which I get. Um, you know, I got pretty much laughed at for picking Ty last time out. But, you know, uh, he uh, 
proved, you know, even though he didn't get the win, he got the knockdown in the way I said it was, in the round I said it was going to happen. So I at least didn't feel too bad. Felt a little vindicated for getting a lot of crap for picking against a big favorite there. Um, but even though my love for Ty and he's cashed and almost cashed for what that's worth, I guess, losing bet is a losing bet. You think I'd have love for him here? Of course I got love for Ty Tuivasa. But as far as picking goes, I'm going to go with Pavlovich here. Um, I honestly didn't look too far into this fight. I know, I know these guys fairly well. And this is just a very dangerous fight for both guys. In the clinch, it's where it's going to be crazy. Uh, I think that Ty Tuivasa's best bet's going to be leg kicks here. Something to watch out for. But if um, I think success and failure only makes Pavlovich kind of fight harder. And Ty Tuivasa is kind of the same way. Uh, you know, the only thing that doesn't make him want to fight hard is if he starts to get gassed, tired, and like take a lot of body shots. Even then, he'll still go out on his shield and start swinging heavy on you, right? Um, so it's hard to be contrarian and look for overs or things like that here as much as I want to do that. And then hearing Tai Tuivasa, he just wants to get back home for the holidays, back to Australia, you know, back to uh, Mark Fellows. Shouts to Mark Fellows, uh, his part of the world. So, um, I don't know. I know you don't know, like to go through these things about interviews and stuff, but I don't know. I just got this, uh, you know, he's planning to take six months off after this, Ty was saying, just to revamp. Get, it sounds like he wants to reform his body and lift some weights and do some things. So, it really, you know, he's got his beer company. It really, again, folks, people are, uh, you know, he was just saying he spent too much money on his holiday in Europe and how uh, his camps and certain things cost him a lot of money. I mean, these are things coming from his mouth. I'm not... I'm not trying to draw a particular picture, but you add what's coming from the horses' mouths themselves, and the undeniable human humanistic—is that even a freaking word? Facts that I was talking about earlier. Uh, what this time of year, you know, we're all kind of buckling down, and we're almost just, you know, we're coming to grips if things haven't gone well. We're just trying to make the most and get the most of what we can, so we can push on to next year, put ourselves in as good a position as possible. Um, you know. Bodies are run down. You know, he's been through a lot of camps. He's had a lot of fights. He, he is talking a bit about that. As is the case, I imagine, with a lot of these fighters, uh, these, th these, are, these are tough things, you know, to, to get confident in. So even though heavyweight fights by nature, of this nature especially, feels like a dog or pass territory, I'm not saying to bet Pavlovich or whatever, but, you know, I, just, I won't be betting this fight. Uh, but, yeah, it makes, it makes the pick a little easier for me. I'm going to pick Pavlovich to come... Uh, to come through on this one um, but yeah uh, if I do change my pick or I see something I didn't go to Pavlovich's Instagram maybe I see something I don't like I don't know I, I doubt it I think this is going to be a pick Pavlovich and be happy for Ty root for Ty stay away keep my money away um, next fight we got Eric Anders who let me pull up his Southpaw record here we got Anders who is a uh, uh, let's see Officially two and four against UFC uh, Southpaws, but he probably should be one and five when you go back to look at his fight with Gerald Mearshart. You know, that, that, that's just being honest. Um, and which means Marcus Perez, uh, the guy who does impersonations of other fighters, is his fighting style. Uh, it was his only win. Uh, Southpaw. That being said, the thing is, Doc is here. I've been big on Doc. It's not like he's going to be the next contender or the second coming. 
Um, so I didn't, it's not like I had crazy expectations, but even my healthy conservative expectations, you, you got to wonder, you're like, oh, can this be a guy that can be upset? And at the end of the day, you know, um, he's dedicated, he's got the experience, talented, seems like a good guy, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you know, as tall as he is, you know, he's not the most athletic and big shots can, can hurt him ultimately at the end of the day, which is kind of the truth for everybody granted. So it's not no shade there, right? Um, and he's making a quick return, like some of these fighters. The Rafael dos Anjos is another one, right? They're 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 riding that six months or just under that six months that you like to see minimum, I think, uh, for KO losses. Um, and that is, uh, you know, that is worrisome. He didn't lose consciousness, but didn't he have like facial fractures? I mean, that's serious, you know. Anders, you could say, is overblown, and that's not a thing. As Anders, Anders seems like just a good dude. I like Anders, man. I like interviewing him, but he just again. I feel like an Anders hater, but he just gets overhyped, and it's it's done him a disservice, you know, done him a disservice from the odds makers to his fans, bolstering those odds. Um, and again, it's not hating on football or anything here, folks. Uh, again, I know, uh, I'm drawing on my unpopularity here. Wow, Dan, you're gonna talk crap about football too. By the way, my top three overrated things, folks. My top three overrated things in the universe over anything was Elon Musk, Kanye West, and In and Out Burger. So judging by history, I think the double double is gonna take some faces ass turns, folks. <laughs> the double double's going faces. Sorry. <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm, I hate it when I'm right, folks. Again, I uh, I I hate it when I'm right. Uh, but what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. Um. But like, you know, we're like, oh, but this guy was a division football. He played on the Alabama team and this and that. And it's just like, yeah. I, I don't know how many Greg Hardys and like seasons of Ultimate Fighters where they bring in football players to like realize that at the end of all this crazy experimentation, the best NFL crossover in the UFC in any division has been Brendan Schaub. As much as we all love to hate on that guy, he's still the best NFL football base crossover fighter to compete in the UFC. Wrap your head around that. Maybe hopefully that will help adjust your expectations, folks. Not trying to be a dick, just stating the facts here. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you just see that. I, I know he's had some injuries because his body, obviously, through football, it's a very taxing sport. Which is why I just, I, you know, I got a lot of respect and sympathy for the bodies of, of players and people who have dedicated. Not shitting on your sport or art, uh, uh, if you will, even to, to, to put it that way. Um, just saying, you know, comes with a toll, right? That's that's not, that's not news so yeah man um it's tough uh docus of course uh is what is this a softball record i just had it here he's officially 1-0 against ufc level southpaws only maybe worth noting dustin stoltz despite traditionally fighting out of orthodox byron since did fight a majority of their content tests from the southpaw stance um i try to note those things we'll get to delize and her hermanson here um as far as that goes and those little intricacies but yeah uh not even just for those. I, I think Doc is probably going to fight conservative, pushing out the clinch. And even if Anders does hurt Docus or gets him like, you know, it, one of those things when someone hurts their nose or gets some kind of facial thing, like a Josh Koscheck orbital, or we get the facial fracture. This is a, this is another thing why I, I want to be careful about playing Docus because you don't know if he's going to get a finish or fight conservative to a decision. And if he gets a finish, what's it going to be? You're really rolling the dice at that point. But even just putting him in a parlay to to to, to circumvent the possibilities and play it air quote safe is it really that safe because if you're parlaying 
you're uh, you, you know you're putting probably a pretty decent unit price there at least one unit right you're still investing at that point so dangerous right dangerous I want to but I'm afraid to I'm, I might just pick Dawkus and just stay away here because again you know does he get jab and start checking his eye like 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 um like Josh Koscheck does uh the uh you know who was it that Emily Ducote fought um Jessica Penne you know she goes back from the nose surgery does she get it broken again and she starts checking it and then she just kind of loses track of the fight right like we see that happen all the time and it's not shitting on these fighters this is human nature so, you know, it could take one good shot, but the unfortunate thing about Anders, which is something I tried to tell y'all for the John Young Park fight that everybody thinks to seem as close as possible, like you can just win a fight by not landing clean shots and pushing into the clinch, which you can, because like we've seen really bad decisions, you know, uh, that way. But, um, but yeah, like the thing about Anders is when he does do good work and he does hurt fighters, it's like that, that football hard wiring and he just wants to let's go tackle. It's like, what are you doing, man? Stop shooting the takedown when he's hurt. It's one of the most frustrating things. We all know it. We've all seen it. We've all been there, right? As far as betting on it goes. Not uh, in the actual brave aspect um, like Anders. I mean, even me and the kid, I don't think I ever hurt my opponent, so I can't even say I've done that, unfortunately. Uh, right? So, <laughs> I'll shit up myself there. No problem with that. But, like, yeah, man. So, it, it's so hard to even trust Anders to even take advantage of that if it does happen. So, yeah, um... I'm going to go uh, Kyle Dawkins here, and it doesn't look like anybody's touching this fight for good reason. Um, I'm surprised money's coming in on this fight, but I get it. I get it. I don't disagree with who's favored. we got Jack Hermanson, one, minus 195. Uh, Roman Delize, uh come back on him, plus 165 on the main card. Um, yeah, man, of course I'm going to be rooting for, rooting for Roman Delize. I was, I was thinking he's a live underdog, and I still think he's a live dog here just because he's, he's going to be one of those guys that's always a live dog. But he's always going to be hard for me to pick, and... You know, I know he's got some affiliation with Extreme Couture. Works with my guy Eric Nixick, who'll probably be in his corner. And it would do Delizze well to have Eric in his corner, considering Eric just cornered against Hermanson. So, and you know, Eric actually does his homework on guys, so he's going to have his notes and shit fresh. So, um, definitely rooting for them. But again, folks, just because I can state I state my Extreme Couture bias, that uh, doesn't mean I I I, I, I got to. Uh, pick these fighters because it would be too hard it would be much easier to recuse myself and just keep my keep quiet to what i bet and what i don't bet and that way i don't got to worry about that but folks i never leaned on inside information you can ask on other people that i've never asked that and considering what's happening to a lot of people in the industry now again i, I make a lot less money so it's probably a bad thing you could argue it would be smarter if i use my connections but the fact um that i don't do anything shady and anything uh like uh, that regards and i've known you know Fighters, uh, and I'm not, and I will not, and I won't say because I'm not a rat, uh, you know, who aren't afraid to make phone calls and see who's injured and who's not before going to the betting window. Like, again, folks, people in the know, this shit has been common for a while. We just don't fucking talk about it. Uh, and, and that's all I'll say about it uh, as far as that goes. Cause I'm not a rat here, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, so I'm going to keep that same energy and I got to still be able to make money by covering the sport and, and it's a good problem to have. But there are way too many fighters that cross over in way too many different capacities from mainstays to, to touching to visitors and tourists, if you will, uh, that cross through the same gym that I train to um, to avoid it completely. It's unavoidable, in other words. So I got to just do my best, call things out, not you know, and, and keep that same energy that I've been keeping, in other words, folks. So, yeah, going to officially pick Jack Hermanson here. Um, he was originally set to face Derek Brunson, so the lead's a hard fighter to pick given that... You know, his process can be wacky. Like, 
even before he gets the finish on a clearly hurt Hawes, he's kind of like letting up. Um, shout out to my guy TB Scouting. He was like, you know, wasn't, wasn't Delete say a southpaw? He fought Dawkins, and he fought Dawkins, and he fought most of his fights all in orthodox that I that I grazed through here. And then I recently uh, rewatched his fight versus Hawes before jumping on here. And he does fight southpaw, but when he after he hurts him and when he hurts him, he's switching from orthodox during those times as well. So we'll see. Maybe it's something he was working on. The way he was fighting from southpaw in his last fight against Hawes almost seemed like it was to try to throw Hawes off. Maybe to take take off the takedown look, although he has no problems relinquishing and being on his back and going for leg locks. So, again, a real hard guy to like count on and get a beat on. But his attacks are things that Jack likes. Um, Hermanson seems like he could be broken by this type of dude if he gets a position from him, but I, I don't know if Delizia is going to be able to out-wrestle him. <clears throat> and I hope Delizia doesn't try this new southpaw stance considering that Hermanson spent his whole camp training for a southpaw so whatever that southpaw look uh was um tb uh, i hope he doesn't do it here because it probably it wouldn't serve him well um he's going to want to lean into his orthodox stance um because hermanson will still jab against southpaws anyways to be honest and yeah he was training for a southpaw guy so why not why not change it up uh so i'm gonna not be playing this fight um I don't want to say it's dog or pass, but like if uh, it just feels like a fight that I, I wouldn't be comfortable playing, anyways. Either way, to be honest, but it does feel like if you are gonna play it, I'd look in the plus money realm more than the chalk realm. I'll just say that you do what you you do. You always do what you want. Y'all are big boys and girls. Um, you can do whatever you want with your money. I am just a reference. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. That's why I don't charge. If I did, it would you know it wouldn't be for uh, my picks and plays or any kind of guarantee. You know what I'm saying? It would, yeah, it would just be more for a support service in general thing. Uh, definitely don't make any of those claims here, folks. Do what you will with your money. Just don't feel like that's a great fight to bet on. That concludes the main card. Let's see how we're doing in time. I'll clean up the chat for we uh, just over an hour. Do a quick cleanup of the chat. I see a lot of Zhang Wei Li stuff, a lot of technique stuff, which I always appreciate, folks. I just I I can't get too. I've been getting a lot more of those, and uh, you know. Um, I, on these breakdown shows especially, I, I got to try to stick somewhat on there, so apologies in advance if I don't get there. Jersey Lee. Dan, I don't know if you know this, but most of Drake's chat from WMA Mania are here. I really appreciate that. Uh, they are a little more obnoxious on his show. <laughs> oh. oh, well, I got love for them, but uh, but yeah. Uh, all right. I don't, I don't want to edit overlay and cancel. Um... Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate the love. I just, I, in fact, I'm, uh, I'm apologizing to them because, uh, yeah, I, I can't get to it all. I'm gonna see if we got any uh, questions about, you know, the fights. Uh, hey, there's a new person here. Uh, Craig Johnston. Just want to send some positive vibes your way, Dan. We live in the MMA space of hot takes and ridiculous fan bases that puts fighters down. Yep. Don't get discouraged, but keep doing what you do to educate us I that's a that's a strong uh, verbiage there educate but if I'm doing that that and you feel I'm doing that I appreciate it I appreciate you being here I appreciate the encouragement and positivity we definitely need more of that I hate the engagement era that we're in it's just like everything I see is everybody's just tweeting things to get their engagement up and engagement engagement it's like it's bad enough it's like that's taking over like my job in the media and stuff like that space like now just everything down to the actual tweets. <sighs> everything is just engagement. Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, da, da, da. Ah, here's a Samuel Negrete. Uh, here's a fight question about the fights we're talking about. 
Um, he says, any chance of Holland attempt to wrestle early in the fight or wrestle at all? Uh, or will it risk draining his gas tank under the term? I think grappling does drain his gas tank. Um, I asked, asked myself this similar question, Samuel. And I went back to watch, and yeah, early, in his earlier fights, like in his regional fights, he's much more quicker to shoot like level-changing takedowns, which which I thought was funny. Um, and he still would do it a bit in UFC fights, but it was weird. Like he does it sporadically, um, not even necessarily against strikers. Like even against John Phillips, where he gets the submission win and shoots some takedowns, he doesn't start shooting him until like seven minutes in. Even when like Phillips has like a couple of moments, you know what I'm saying? Same with Darren Stewart. Um, which was a weird fight. Like there are certain fights in that, in that even more relevant or more newer, uh, you know, yeah, more relevant. I guess was the right word in the first place of of Holland sample where you go and look where he did shoot takedowns. A lot of it was like, again, a lot of these fighters don't read the criteria, and not that it's not. You should do something to try to put a stamp on things. That is true. There is a human nature to that, but there's you know. You got to do something with the takedown, right? And uh, you'll see him go for those late round takedowns where there's not enough time to get stuff done. Like a decent portion, if you go to to his uh, takedown attempts, whether he gets them or not, Hollins in the UFC particularly are from that. I feel like he more meaningfully went for takedowns earlier in his regional career, you know. And then from like contender series on, he was more about just like impressing the boss, putting on a show, really leaning into it, the the big mouth thing that he does to kind of diffuse his own anxieties in there, which he admits that's not me being armchair psychologist, right? Um, so yeah, um, he's trended away. Long story short, it's been there, but it's been there in a weird, sporadic, um, not really consistent or dependable ways, and he's trended away from those. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised for him to mix it up, neither would Stephen Thompson, smartly, right? And he's obviously been focusing a lot of that on his game. Stephen Thompson did a little bit better than Perhaps what you remember, not so much maybe in the Bilal fight, but that because he, you know, he's already starting end around one with in rough scenes, but he does do a lot better than what I remembered in the Burns fight, and that's happened to me twice now. Uh, right. Let's see here. Rio in Truesdale for the RDA fight. Do you think the southpaw jab can be a factor since it's a closed stand situation, uh, or will it be more tricky since both are southpaws and have different defenses? A uh, great question uh we re recently rewatching the uh, Lawler and Barbarina fight and some in some other Barbarina's fights against Southpaws the jab and checking right hands in general um seem to be a tough defense for Barbarina um right-handed counters check hooks you see Leon Edwards corner smartly calling for it more lead hand work um these things really catch Brian Barbarina and just right hands maybe in particular because even Jason Witt from an orthodox dance and being Jason Witt uh, was able to tag him with counter right hands. It wasn't when weight was going forward. It was when he was letting Barbarina come forward to him. So pressuring the pressure fighter, though that is the traditional way to beat pre pressure fighters, it is the way um, RDA has been beaten, particularly by bigger fighters like Habib, even at lightweight, or obviously you know the bigger wrestlers uh, like Colby, though that fight obviously more competitive than people give credit for. Um, I get, but again, Barbarina, he's more likely to stick and move. He can get hit with jabs, lead hand work, and he is more prone to counters when coming forward. So um, <clears throat> a lot of those reasons uh, made me less confident in looking for possible underdog routes for Barbarina. And to your point, the lead hand advantage will be in RDA's side should he choose to use it. Um, he used the lead hand a lot more when he was with Perillo. He's been with Nova Anyao as he's moved back to Brazil now for the last couple of camps. 
So we'll see how much of that Perillo staple he retained. It certainly would serve him well, and that's a great shout, Rio. Uh, all right. Jimmy Kudo, to parlay off Rio's point, I've been using parlay because if you didn't, I know I abused that word, don't I? Do you think that the cage cutting will be better for RDA since he is in a close stance matchup? Yeah, I kind of touched on that too, so that's a great point to bring up. Um, I kind of just touched on that, and now I can expand on that. But yeah, he will have the better um, ring generalship, if you will. Again, uh, Barbarina can come on late. Um, he can put the pressure on folks, but he is more susceptible when he does, and he is much more okay with kind of taking the back foot um, as his striking has gotten better uh, and hanging out, kind of doing his resetting, rejogging, pumping his hand out from there. Um, that's going to give, that's going to benefit RDA just as much, if not more, than it does him. So, yeah, to your point there, I will give RDA. The Advantage, Barton Spacklecrisp, love that name. Are you a fan of Matt Chanel's comments about keeping fighter pay the way it is? Nope. I personally would love to see higher fighter pay so all fighters can train without worrying about living expenses. And, you know, just not having to worry about their health uh, as much would be nice too. But yes, all that correlates. Not a big fan. I get, I get it. You know, a lot of that bootstrap mentality uh, is, is what I read it as and so I'm not completely coming off like I'm just like shitting on Chanel here because I'm sure he's a, a, a sure he's a nice guy otherwise uh, wish him and his family the best all that but I can't fully hate because uh, a lot of that comes from a place that uh, I, I struggle with myself um, you know again I'm not you know again I'm not bootlicking or bootstrapping for, for billionaires out here uh, that's not my bag but I'd be lying if, you know, again, you know, a lot of that bootstrap mentality in general is just, it's, it's really common in sports, combat sports in particular, you know, whether it's football, combat sports, get up, suck it up, let's get out there, let's earn it, let's work hard. And these things, I mean, these things kind of uh, correlate to different, it's not a coincidence that these instilled and traditional attitudes correlate to other parts of life, you know, from bootstrap mentalities and how they've ferment themselves, whether it's opinions on fighter pay, to things like politics, right? Um, as far as the leanings of uh, 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 of many, it's not a coincidence. So, um, and I have a lot of those um, uh, issues, themes, however you want to word it within myself. So I get where it comes from. I'm not hating on it. Uh, I don't agree with it. Uh, I have more with you, Barton. I think you know the fighters should get more. Um, you know they they are earning it. You know this is this is called earning it, Brian. It's like motherfucker. All these motherfuckers are earning it. You know, I see these guys at the gym grinding every day, man. They are working off the clock constantly without getting paid. So yeah, yeah. Long story short, I guess no, I don't agree with it. But um, I'm not gonna you know light torches out on these guys. You know, um, I change my mind on many things. Maybe fighters change their stances too. So you gotta you gotta leave the door open for them too. Uh, maybe maybe educate themselves and their opinions more. Maybe 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 it'll be different. Maybe not. It's their opinions to deal with. Um, all right, some general questions. Hey, my guy Eric Betts fights. Eric Betts fights. Feel like we're about to make some money on this card on Saturday. Excited for your thoughts on these fights. And thanks, Eric. Your feelings are not like mine, though. I don't feel great about betting this card. This does not feel like a great betting card. Again, I know everybody seems excited, and I wonder if that's the week off. You know that we're not used to the week off. The degenerates are chopping at the bit. And my previous point, again, arguably this should be when we should be more conservative. But traditionally, it is when we are the least conservative. 
because it's Christmas time, baby. We're the holiday spirits in the air. We got some drinks in us, maybe, or something. I don't know. Uh, we're feeling festive, you know. We want to close the year out strong and um, panicking. We're only seeing that many fights left, so maybe that's where the excitement's coming from. I'm certainly not trying to rain on y'all parade. Uh, I'm wishing my guy Eric and the rest of y'all all the best. I'm not feeling too great, but we'll get to the prelims here. Um, all right. I'm going to go to the prelims now. We got uh, <clears throat> Nico Price minus 135. Philip Rowe plus 115. Boy, I'll keep it short on this fight. Uh, Nico Price has been on a bit of a break. I haven't researched him or this fight. Um, it, again, this feels like it should be a dogger pass, kind of like the tie to Ivasa Pavlovich fight, uh, if you are going to bet. But this is that's another fight that I do not want anything attached to it. Um, the totals, uh, nothing seems attractive to me. Everything seems where it probably should be. Uh, Price probably should be slightly favored. Rose seems like a guy who's always kind of attractive as an underdog. I believe he's come through as an underdog for me before. Um, I'm going to lean Nico Price, but I don't blame anybody for playing Phil Rowe. Um, I'll reserve my right for the pick, uh, on the pick here for uh, fight day posting. At Dan Tom MMA, I always post my fight day picks as long as my, my main card, quick picks and prognostication articles, along with any other in-depth prop squad. Uh, betting articles or whatever at Dan Tom MMA is where I'm good about posting and sharing it. Uh, but even if I do end up picking Phil Rowe, I don't even know if I bet him, you know? Um, this is just one of those really volatile fights. Again, back to kind of what I was uh, touching on with my guy Eric there in the chat. You know, I I, I wish, I, I'd rather have the optimistic attitude for sure. Uh, although usually when I'm optimistic about bets, um, they, those are the fights that get canceled all the time, which furthers my PTSD and anger and rage for my constant struggle to always want to be earlier. But when I am, or it doesn't matter when I'm, when I'm excited, it all fuck alls anyways. Um, we got Angela Hill plus 100, Emily Ducote minus 120. It's like, I feel like Angela Hill, part of me feels like Angela Hill is a live dog here, but I would like her to be at more underdog odds if I was going to want to take a shot on her. Um, I'll be honest, I did not refresh this fight, but I do like what I see from Dakota. I've always known her as a kind of well-rounded Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, but she's really improved her striking in recent years. I remember doing some tape on her last fight, so uh, it uh, that was one of the things that struck me most about that. Um, Angela Hill, of course, is always live, always a part of those heartbreaking decisions, so that alone doesn't... Again, back to my theme of fights that I don't want to be a part of, but wouldn't this be kind of fitting for like to get a competitive fight female lighterweight fight like it, like they kind of usually are hard to judge close sketchy scorecards like they usually are for the lighterweight classes right that, that division particularly straw weight and again Angela Hill fights like they usually are close and crazy is this not the time where Angela Hill is going to get the split decision and it's one where like she probably lost the fight um and again she 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 probably lost a lot of the fights that she, that she and her fans complain about. I'm not shitting on her or her fans. I'm just being honest there. Like they, she didn't win a lot of those fights. Um, I know they're, I know it's easy, you know, easy to, in some of them, you can get close and heartbreaking and I sympathize with those. Um, but I, I will say that it's not as bad as it's made out to be. Um, but yeah. Um, so I'll be very happy for Angela Hill. She can pull this off. Um, maybe I'll look a little closer into this one. But again, with the, the, with the history of that division, all those things, and then you want to sprinkle Dan Tom's history with strawweight fighters? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But Dan, didn't you actually uh, cash a bet with Amanda Lemos over uh, Angela Hill? And that was a split decision that went your I'm like, yes, but again, it's like, do, do, do I count that as one that went my way? Or, you know, 
Um, do I count that as uh, I, it was a small bet on Lemos, and it was a it, it was a competitive but but fairly uh, you know competitive but 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 fairly clear I felt uh, a win and I I got a you know always hear about that fight as a robbery that you know oh shouldn't have won and so it's like which is annoying because it's like as you guys know it's like no 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 I've been on the I I, li I live in the darkness I'm like Bane I live in the area of those where those heartbreaking decisions come believe me I live in that area not all of it is that so that, that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying so uh so yeah, we got uh, Clay Guida. Uh, I'm leaning towards Dakota, but again, check back with me on Twitter. Uh, come fight day, Clay Guida plus 145. Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman minus 170. Money coming in on Clay, which I get because this fight shouldn't be super wide either way. But I do believe the white right guy is favored. Again, Holtzman, you know, I, I believe without looking, he's not too far off in age of Guida, just less miles. Um, you know, not the best takedown defense can be taken down, but like. He's got good get-up game, you know. He's uh, and when he's on top, he's got good ground and pound. Um, and Guido, you never know what you're gonna get with him, what positions he's gonna give or be in. Uh, not that I expect him to be on bottom or be on bottom for long, obviously. But like, yeah, I don't expect Scott Holtzman to be on bottom for long either. He's got that great uh, MMA lab get-up game, you know. Um, he hustles for it, um, gets after it, throws his fair share of uppercuts, which will be handy against Guido. I want to dive a little deeper into that. But I like Holtzman here, you know. Um, if he goes down to minus 150, that's, you know, straight play territory, and, and I would maybe consider it. Minus 170, you're still getting a discount. I'm going to look into it further. It's probably just a pick Holtzman and stay away, so don't get too excited, folks. But with this fight card looking as barren as it feels, at least from my purview, doesn't mean it has to be yours, folks. I'm wishing you the best. I'm just saying I'm just not feeling it. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. I'm just not feeling it, uh, which is why I'm like even looking to parlays, which is not me. And you know maybe Holtzman could be one of those sneaky pieces because he is, uh, you know, minus 170. You don't have to like get then you don't have to go into fucking three leg territory to, to turn a plus money on a parlay, right? Maybe we can just pair him with one other leg here, you know. Um, so we'll see on that. I'm gonna dip in a little closer, but um, I doubt you'll see a Guida name next to my picks. It's just. Am I going to put this fight on any kind of exposure, right? That the, the, that will be the question there. So you'll have to touch back with me on there. Uh, we got Mark Diacasey, minus 315. Michael Johnson, my main man, plus 260. Um, yeah, uh, super wide odds. I'm not a big fan of uh, this JSP. <laughs> sure, he's a fine kid. Um, I'm going to be rooting for Darren Elkins here. But yeah, the pick's going to be... Jonathan Pierce. Am I going to play Jonathan Pierce much less at that price? Hell no. No way. Uh, I don't even want to mess with, like, totals or anything for this fight. Although, what are they? Over plus under. Is someone going to get a finish, I guess? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a shot, a contrarian shot on the over at plus money. Like, that would be about it. I, I don't really care for too much um, on this fight, you know. Like, if I'm, if I'm struggling to find, like, a... If I really want to put, put a a round robin together for this and I'm struggling for legs like I'm suspecting I will maybe I throw that over in it you know throw that over we get a little Dos Anjos uh, by uh, KO we do uh, you know Sergey Pavs KO no stay away from that fucking fight Dan what are you talking about 
you know, I don't know. We do like a, uh, you know, minus 250 fight doesn't go to decision price row as the anchor, right? Uh, and then we would need another plus money, maybe a, a Holtzman by a method if there's a method that drops out when I get through my um, research. Or, or we shoot big. Uh, I don't want to... I, I, I want to shout my guy, but I don't know if he, he uh, tweeted it yet, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be on the prop squad. Uh, but uh, a gentleman I respect um, uh, may or may not uh, have uh, Johnson by submission, or yeah, Casey by Johnson by submission. Jesus, what is that like? Plus 50,000? Dia Casey by submission. Dia Casey, of course, if you listen to DC's commentary, uh, is a surprise wrestler who never wrestles. Of course, if you actually watch any of his fights, minus the fight that I bet him on to wrestle, of course, against Vaziv, though, to his credit, he did attempt technically two takedowns in the first round. Uh, DKC always uh, is, is a grinding grappler who hulks dudes around. That's kind of like, should not be a surprise to anybody at this point. I don't know what what the deal is. Um, and uh, he's been working on his jiu-jitsu. He's now a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. So uh, for what that's worth, I'm going to rewatch some things to see, like, what his proclivities are on the ground before I pull the trigger, but you know, I don't know. It's like, can you get close to plus money like by parlaying like Dia Casey and Holtzman, and then like you, you or if you parlay Dia Casey, whatever your parlay is, you do a little sprinkle on like upwards of plus one thousand at least, I imagine, right for a uh, Dia Casey by sub possibly. Um, you know, you could grind him out and just probably win by decision, which is probably the most likely outcome. I didn't even look at what the odds, but I'm gonna guess what that's what the odds are. Are favoring, yeah, they're favoring it to go over, so yeah, um, yeah, fight goes to decision, yep. So D. Casey uh, wins by decision. What's that at? Minus 115. What did it open it as? Plus 110. Yeah, I don't blame that, but you know, by submission could be plus 1200, plus 1400. Uh, opened at plus 500. Wow, so you're getting a you know, discount's not the right word, but you know what I mean, you're getting a good price on it. Or maybe that's a wild card you throw in there. Um, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to pick uh, the AKC for that fight, picking uh, Jonathan Pierce um, against the other vet. Uh, okay, uh, we got Tracy Cortez and Amanda Hebosh. Open at dead even and stays at dead even. So, who knows? Maybe I don't play that fight. This one probably goes to the decision, I guess. Right? Yeah, fight goes to decision. Minus 280. Jesus. All right, you're not getting any uh, cute plus money there. And, again dangerous if you feel like you have an edge on who will win that decision because um again it's not straw weight i believe it's this is a flyweight fight correct but either way these are where the decisions get real shifty yeah it's flyweight and you, you just want to be careful about that um i think cortez is naturally the bigger girl the natural better wrestler though hibosh uh, doesn't just have judo stuff she you know, she she looks like she's been working on her wrestling i gotta go rewatch some things though to make sure of that um, so it's just tricky. It's like, you know, how does she do when people are meaningfully taking her down? People don't necessarily do that to Hibosh. Um, we've seen brief scrambles, but usually she's from topside because usually she's the initiator or the winner of wrestling scrambles and entanglements. So this is a really tricky one to call. Um, I want to slightly lean toward Cortez, but do not be surprised to see my picks or takes on this thing go either way come fight day. Um, I actually do. I actually would be more prone to look into this fight than I would uh, Angela Hill Ducote. Um, even though it's arguably more volatile of a fight. Um, 
I, I am generally more curious um, of this fight and how it shakes out. But we're no, we don't really have great answers on either side, you know. Um, taking down good grapplers, well, I didn't go back to rewatch that Aaron Blanchfield fight recently, but uh, you know, I know Cortez has the W winner, but that was a competitive fight that you know could have very well, could have very well, and arguably should have gone to Blanchfield, right? So I, I want to go refresh on these ladies, uh, but I'm leaning toward Cortez here. Uh, Natan Levy, who does uh, do some training, cross training at Extreme Couture. Uh, he is favored, I believe. He is a black belt and karate and kung fu. So he kind of has a little bit of representation of both. Uh, that's just stinking browns over there, brownie barking. Oh, the dog's barking. Careful. Is that Gennaro Valdez live? Plus 170, Gennaro Valdez. Natan Levy minus 200. Opened minus 160. Money coming in on Levy. I, I will side with him here, too. Is awkward kind of striking. Um... I don't mean that as a diss. It's just, you know, the awkward timing and, and strokes of it, if you will. Obviously, you can attribute to the traditional martial arts background as that is an affect it can have on the striking. Uh, General Valdez, I got to go refresh myself on him. Um, but I believe we don't got much besides a purple belt in BJJ. I feel like that was like, the only accolade. You know, unless someone had specialty in something, there was like the arbitrary purple belt in BJJ. Um, but he, he likes to uh, brawl and scrap. Uh, from my memory, from the sound of his bio, uh, he does not hide that either. Um, yeah, uh, I'll be leaning toward Levy there, um, and we'll see. I'll look this up. Francis Marshall, what did I give him? Marshall grading the winner. Sorry, folks, I should have done this ahead of time, but uh, this is probably not a fight I'm looking forward to uh, bet anyways. But we got Francis Marshall, minus 155, Marcelo Rojo. Plus 135. This opened a dead even. So money coming on the Contender Series kid against the uh, Marcelo Rojo's a James Cross fighter. Um, so I don't know if you guys will have action on this fight too. So who knows? Um, yeah, grading the winners. How did I how did I grade this kid? Uh, Francis B plus. Although Francis Marshall failed to find a finish, I felt like active firefighter. The active fighter fighter deserved a B plus for a solid showing in multiple phases, despite being known as a back take specialist who trains under the great Kurt Pellegrino. Got to give him a shout. Marshall demonstrated that he is a complete martial artist over the course of 15 minutes. His opponent, Connor Matthews, put up a great fight in the first as he tried to overwhelm Marshall with jabs and calf kicks. That said, Marshall was able to weather the storm and start to counter Matthews' offerings, eventually getting him to the floor to finish in the first frame. Marshall would go on. Uh, to land a multitude of strikes on Matthews as well as show good spurts of good submission defense and scrambles. But the 23-year-old shot some suspect takedowns. He seemed to hurt his opponent. Back to what we talked about that, um, with Anders. Nevertheless, Marshall showed solid skills in all areas, and I'm glad that the Dana White that Dana White ended up giving him consideration. I just hope that the matchmakers take their time with such a young talent, as I would like to see Marshall matched up with someone like Daniel Argueta or Tucker Lutz. Marcelo Rojo uh, is experienced, uh, but not too far off from that as well. Um, Rojo, it's like he's live for all three rounds, and he has spurts throughout as well, which is kind of dangerous if uh, you know Marshall will you know uh, shoot a takedown if he hurts his opponent. Maybe you know, in other words, you can't rely on him to get him out of there. That could be dangerous for him, right? Um, but then Rojo also has a thing where he's got like a, a lot of like round three losses and Marshall seems like a kid who puts the pace on him. So like, I'm not saying there's a round three that's live or anything or whatever there. 
but I, uh, but I think like unless you're taking some like high number of small sprinkle, I don't know how much you really want to invest in this kind of fight because it's probably gonna be wild. And even though I'll pick Marshall to win, um, even if he pulls it off, it's probably not gonna look. You know, it's 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 probably gonna be a sweating nail biter. That I don't know how much you want to expose yourself to. So yeah. That's all I have you on that fight. Um, and then lastly, but not leastly, uh, Yasmin Haregi, not Jaragui, as I fucking brutally pronounced uh, last time. Uh, minus 305. Uh, come back on Estela Nunes, plus 255. Estela Nunes, Purple Bump, BJJ. Some regional Muay Thai accolades. Haregi uh, opened at minus 240. Um, let me see. I got her bio here, too. Let me see what she's... I remember her style, uh, just very active all around, good volume, um, good attitude, even when she does take shots, she reacts well. Um, don't have issue with her being favored, fight could be closer from what I remember from Estela Nunez, uh, but we could see more um, grappling from uh, Haregi, whatever the thing is, where the hell is her shit? She's not on here, huh? Yes, man, there it is under Y. I started at the age of 15, approximately 2014, and the reason was bullying at school. After practicing the sport, I fell in love with it. Ranks and titles, Combat Cup, UWC champion, so regional titles. Yeah, no uh, no ranks or anything. Just just really well-rounded there. Really well-rounded. I was really impressed with her tape before the San Diego fight. And uh, obviously she put on a great fight um, at San Diego. So uh, I will pick Hadegi here, but uh, nothing big. I, I wouldn't want to be too heavily invested at these these numbers either. All right, how did we do on time? 136, going to do a chat cleanup. Apologies if I don't get the technique. I'm, 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 I'm starving. I missed a meal trying to prep for you guys to talk about the fights that are relevant. So apologies if I'm not answering the technique questions. I love answering those, by the way. Don't be shy. Ask any questions you want, folks. Highly encouraged. But, um, but and again, hopefully once this, maybe next time you guys see me, this channel will be monetized. So if you really want it answers, you really want to make sure I miss it. Again, not that I won't be prioritizing non-monetized uh, questions or whatever, but knowing what a nice guy I am and how I feel bad about, like, not getting to every question already you know i'm gonna feel really bad if i don't get to questions you guys like put a, some ducats behind so at least I, all i'm saying is at least you'll know i'll get to it then so for whatever that is um here's a betting related question michael panza what's up michael how much do you factor in the referee when betting a fight if you know beforehand it's hard to know beforehand those announcements don't get announced to the night of and even then um it's really tough like certain fights like uh, you know, and you know like I, I joke about it like you know Chris Tyone was letting guys go to the death for a minute there and then I coincidentally was betting on all the fights where he was like uh, oh, he would do a standing stoppage or like you know or this or that uh, Keith Peterson you know you really gotta earn the stoppages with him um, right if you're betting inside the distance you're like oh, oh dear I mean if you just see Dan Mergliata or Herb Dean you're probably gonna shit yourself no matter what you're betting <laughs> Sorry, Jason Herzog's in there. I'm just gonna feel like okay, my bet might not cash, but I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna get the fairest shot possible because Herzog's the fucking man. Um, so yeah, I mean it affects me, but like, how much can it reasonably affect your betting? It can't much because you don't know ahead of time. And again, 
you're gonna you're gonna get your you know results may vary right so you re it really doesn't you really it, it really is minimal if, if if not at all you know I mean it affects your bet it affects the result obviously heavily but you know to apply it it's not really fair in that sense you know it's more of a it's not really a strong two-way street it's more of a, a one-way street that hurts us than helps us in other words if that answers your question Spark Helger, do Cody did knock out Danielle Taylor. That is right. Something that Zhang Weili couldn't do. Does that count for anything? Um, it does. Danielle Taylor, much better than her UFC record portended, and she actually rocked uh, Zhang Weili in that fight. Um, I share a uh, highlight clip of that uh, uh, before, I believe. So, yeah, shouts to Taylor there. Um, I know they're usually four referee rotation for each card. I believe that is a rough average, too, sir. Good job. Um, Synchro Wing, does Dan have a problem with straw weight or has your betting history been volatile? <laughs> I hope you use volatile in correct context. Um, I did use it in correct context because my betting history has been volatile. I have notably been on the wrong end in some of the worst decisions. And shout out to guys like my guy Scott Fontana of the Couchside Judges. Great podcast you guys should be listening to. Uh, he does the work on these numbers, and the most split decisions, the most time the judges can't agree on rounds, dissensions on rounds to split decisions, are in the strawweight division, folks. So it is it, it, it is absolutely volatile and earns that descriptor in multiple ways. Um, not that you're challenging me, Synchro Wing, just saying. Um, all right. Uh, Jimmy Kudo, are you excited that Clay Guida is finally fighting in front of a crowd? I mean... Part of me would be, I guess, you know, like the 2009 of me is excited, you know, there goes my hero. Uh, or are you hoping for him to retire since he's older than the dinosaurs? I don't know, man. Clay Guida, I don't even know if anything hurts that guy. I don't even know if he feels pain. So it's like he's one of the dudes who's like, you know, if they they could glue, they could keep glue factoring him and I, I don't feel anything. It's not because I hate Clay Guida or anything, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't have that same sympathy because he just doesn't seem human. Uh, wow, man. Uh, Ghost Phantom, what makes Clay Guida get up get up game so good? One thing I like to study um, is get up game since is weaponized aspect MMA. It's just it's more just scrambling than a, a reliance on a particular technique. Um, maybe if I go back and rewatch with that in mind, I would find a particular technique and more to give you on it. But offhand, it's just his scrambling is so damn good, you know. And like you know, Coach Neil Melanson says, scrambles win fights in MMA. Um, and that's how uh, Clay Guida's won a lot of his fights is from the scrambles. Um, submission defense is good, and that comes with good scrambling too, right? These are all things that are uh, correlate. Uh, Makatu Kayagoku. JSP is a fight-ready cohort of ghosts. Word on the streets is they make phenomenal game plans. I bet. I bet. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure JSP's a nice guy too. Man, uh, I just, you know, you know. These young kids are destroying all the older fighters, man. And, uh, you know, taking the names of older fighters, even though he, I believe his initials is like something different, I always just found kind of funny. But I'm sure he's a nice guy. And, uh, you know, he's a beast, man. He's an absolute beast. And so is, uh, so is Fight Ready. And, and, and they have great game plans there from Santino DeFranco, their coaching staff, to the fighters, and apparently the people that patron their gym as well, right? So not, no hate. Uh, does Fight Ready not factor into JSP having a big chance? I think the fact that he's fighting a... An old man who bleeds when you look at him factors into it more. Um, uh, but yes, uh, it, it certainly doesn't hurt his chances. Great, great gym. Um, that doesn't mean. There we go. That see, yeah, cool. Ghost Phantom keeping that same energy as me. Just because you train at the gym doesn't mean you back them. There you go. Just like Dan said, I don't 
rely on insider information and plus to be objective you need to set bias aside yep do your best to at the very least and good on you for taking those steps uh rio sozen truesdale uh, tracy cortez has massive eyelashes do you think the size of her eyelashes will be enough to defeat amanda hibosh um I don't know about that. Uh, we just hope she, the judges aren't rocking those eyelashes, you know. And I'm just kidding. I don't want to pick on the judges here, um, but that's who's going to decide that fight, not the eyelashes. Um, are you a fan of Angela Hill? Yeah, yes. As, as, as a person, she seems pretty rad, um, and her fighting style is fun. Uh, losing close decisions. Are, are you a fan of Angela Hill losing close decisions that she clearly should have lost, but complains about the? Yeah, I stated my bias. Uh, my thing there. I, I, uh, again, I'm not a hater. I'm not, I'm not just arbitrarily playing the middle. I'll call it out. I don't agree with that part of it. That doesn't mean I'm a hater of Angela Hill. So, you know. Uh, but, yeah. I think I already answered that one. Dan, let's just say that Angela Hill gets some choice words that are rude on Drake's show. Oh, wow. So we will not be rooting for her. All right. Well, I respect that. Um, I'm just defending myself because I always get accused of being an Angela Hill hater. Which, well, I'm not. I'm not. I just try to... State the facts when I can on, on certain things. Um, it's Emily Decoty, Synchro Wing. Emily Decoty, future contender at 115. Riggs seems high on her. I respect Drake's Riggs' opinion, especially on WMMA. Um, and I do think she's got a, a, a bright future. She's going to be having her stumbles, so be careful, betting. But yeah, uh, overall, yeah. Um, James Kendrick, what annoys you more? Bad cards at the Apex or Dern getting a win over Torres when you had Dorn at Torres at plus money? And a decision prop and a round robin. And she did very good work. Yeah, that annoys me more. I don't even remember what the first part of the question was because I just saw red when you... You guys know that. That's why you bring up Durant and Torres. Um, I heard on Drake's Ridge show that Yasmin is very good. Yep. Uh, but can Estella's pressure give Yasmin problems? Uh, perhaps if Yasmin doesn't mix in the takedowns. Rain Lamina. Herbalicious, merciless Dean, king of the iron-fisted finishes that should be finished sooner. Yeah, no kidding, right? He is merciless. All right, we're about a minute 45. Clean up the chat. Uh, I didn't go all the way back, so apologies if I missed any of your technique talk. Um, I'm going to try to go back if I've missed these as well, and, and if there's anything uh, re uh, really good, I'll, I'll try to uh, bring it back. Or if you really want an answer, please feel free to email them to me. Uh, I think that I got my email on that link tree at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. Um, DM to me if you can DM or tag me on social uh, to ask me those ways. And I would obviously try to make it more of a point to answer you if you're taking the time to do that as well. The time to be here, which I already appreciate. So again, appreciations. Apologies if I wasn't able to get to any of your stuff. Apologies on the fights um, that uh, I didn't get to. I don't have any official even bets to recap. But I'll recap what I'm looking at as I go through my picks, uh, albeit some of them tentative. I am taking Holland over Thompson, though this feels like a dog or pass. My heart's with you, Thompson, better than Stephen Thompson himself. Taking RDA over Bam Bam Barbarina, I'm probably going to end up putting probably like a quarter, anywhere from 0.33 to a half unit uh, at plus 400 or higher on uh, Dos Anjos by TKO uh, for the body shots. Um, fight ends by KO. If you get a decent plus money there, I, I feel like it wouldn't be wouldn't be the worst bet in the world just to put something small. Um, Nicolau, I am taking Nicolau over Schnell. Um, no bets or hard takes on that. I want to look a little bit into that one a little more. Taking Pavlovich over Tuivasa. Hearts with Ty. Just can't trust the backum. Really scared to even bet this fight. 
taking Dawkins over Anders. Dawkins seems like a parlay piece, but really scared to bet this fight with Dawkins coming back so fast after a facial fracture. Uh, probably will end up staying away. Taking Hermanson over Delize also feels like a dogger pass. Hearts with Delize in his corner, obviously. Um, definitely won't be playing Hermanson. Probably will just be staying away from this fight in total. But again, check my main card, quick picks, and prognostications. Um for this and the rest of the main cards as well as at Dan Tom and me on Twitter for all my picks if they change especially on the prelims who I am tentatively siding with Price but could be on row depends that's one you should check for again siding with Ducote but you know maybe I see something on Hill probably not probably stay away from that fight um, taking Holtzman over Guida don't think I'll change there but it's again do I want to parlay or play Holtzman in a way I'm going to peek around that fight a little more to see if I f can find a, uh, I need more uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's Oh, right there, right there moments You know, those are the moments I, I live for As a degenerate gambler uh, Dia Casey could definitely be a parlay piece Over Johnson, right um, Mark Dia Casey 0-1 to UFC Southpaws Of course that was Nas Hack uh, A hack brass uh, but, uh, yeah, if he doesn't get the Michael Johnson upset special, I think that D.A. Casey should be able to grind his way here for a parlay piece. Maybe I take a small shot and tail my guy on the prop squad for a, a small shot at, at a giant number on D.A. Casey by sub. Um, especially if I'm exposed to the parlay piece, so I can at least get one. Uh, taking Pierce, probably not playing him over Elkins. Um, leaning toward Cortez, but not sure where I'll end up on that fight. Probably won't play it. Uh, over Hibosh. Yeah, t uh, leaning slightly over Cortez over Hibosh again. Check my picks on Fight Day at Dan Tom MMA on Twitter. Uh, taking Levy over Valdez. Probably won't be playing it. Uh, don't have interest in playing many of these fights. Taking Marshall as well. Uh, taking favorites from there on out over Rojo. Taking uh, Haregi over Nunes. Uh, so, which means, wow, am I, am I picking any underdogs or playing any underdogs? Wow. Eh. Nope. Nope. Chalk City. Yeah, doing it right. I don't know if I'm doing it right, but we'll see. It's fucking Chalk City. I don't like that, folks. See, again, another reason why this is, I, I don't have good feels. I ended up on all chalk. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, all right. Let's see what the last of you are, are saying before I get out of here. Jimmy Kudo, I will definitely email you, Dan. Yes, Jimmy Kudo, apologies I didn't get to yours. I appreciate you, sir, always being here. Uh, it is it is very appreciated. Great show, Dan. Thank you, Jim Karasu. Appreciate you. Awesome show. Great thoughts and analysis. Thank you, Real Chosen Truesdale. Appreciate you being here. Ah, oh, man, I, 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 sh I want to work harder for you guys. I'm, I, I've beaten myself up because I'm not getting to my standard. But, uh, again, without going into the whole spiel, it's been a hell of a month. I'm, not, I'm trying not to cry. Uh, about it, and I'm just trying to keep pushing forward and, and, and put myself over my bootstraps. But uh, so it's hard to, uh, to, to take full credit, but I'll take full appreciation of that. Great show. Ah, Makatu, thank you so much. Appreciate you all. Good luck on your picks and plays. Thanks for joining me. Like if you haven't already. Give this a share, um, especially for the YouTube version. Could use it. Thank you, Alvin Yakatoi. You are very well spoken, and your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Thank you, Alvin Yakatoi. Your uh, positivity is greatly appreciated. And Alright, good luck with your picks and plays, folks, and always protect your net.